here's the thing. We all know how frustrating it is to be in a highly competitive market and try to find the right incentive that will catch the prospect or possible renewal's attention. But luckily for us, there's a company that can help us do exactly that, and it's AIM Cruise Incentives. AIM Cruise Incentives is a turnkey marketing program that's actually different. AIM Cruise certificates include a five-day, four-night luxury cruise vacation for two to the Bahamas, the Caribbean, and Mexico. There are over 175 dates and multiple ports to choose from, so booking is super easy for the prospect or resident. After you purchase your cruise certificates, you and your team have up to 12 months to issue them out to the receiver, which means that you can incorporate into other giveaways or events, while giving your prospects and residents up to 36 months to redeem them. They're also fully transferable, and AIM Cruise Incentives will provide you with all of the marketing materials needed to make your campaign a success. All of this value is starting at $139 per cruise certificate, depending on the quantity ordered, which let's be honest, is way less than we all spend for incentives, but the value is way bigger to the prospect. So if you want to increase leases and retention, AIM Cruise Incentives will help you get an edge over your comps and help you lease up faster. Visit aimcruise.com. It's A-I-M cruise.com for additional information on their products and make this lease up here different. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me in studio today is the wonderful, lovely Greta Dare. That was such an exaggeration. <laughs> the wonderful, lovely part or the being in studio? Because you're actually in studio. I am actually in studio. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. I said that we should have taken a picture because I feel like it's a really big deal because I am never actually in studio, but that hasn't happened yet. There's yeah, been no picture. It's, you know, that can't be caught on camera. No, I mean, I'm I literally got Mucinex sitting here on the de- on the desk. That's true. I don't know. I feel like that should that's camera worthy. And it's been because of my sickness that this podcast has not already come out. So my apologies to the audience. But um, literally for two weeks, my family has been sick with me getting sick at the tail end of it with the flu. And I'm just now here we are February 1st and. I'm finally able to record the intro for a podcast that you recorded with Ryan. In December? In December. <laughs> <laughs> Which, no, it's fair. I got sick, too. I, who, who never gets sick, I got sick, too. So I feel you. It's fair. It's been a brutal winter. It is February, though. I just realized that. And we did record this in December, and that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, today is finally the tail end of your marketing series, which is the Infinity Wars. Ta-da! So this is the final episode of your summer marketing series. <laughs> I didn't even reference it as the summer marketing series in the episode because I was like, I just called the end of my leasing series. Yeah. That's what I referenced yeah. it as in the episode because I was yeah. like, I can't even pretend. You had the towel on to, to finish up in the summer, but that didn't happen. You know what? It was a rough summer. We're yeah. going to stop talking about yeah. it. But no, um, incentives is the topic. Yes. Leasing Infin- incentives. The Infinity Wars, which in- is a very... The, the way you put together this whole series with the you know Marvel comic Indiana Jones <laughs> titles have been awesome, but this one Thanks. really fits well. 
It does. This is the one that makes the most sense, which was funny because it was the very last one when I was coming together with all of the, I came up with them in what, like five seconds when I was just like, here's all the things I want to talk about. And I just like sent over an email. It, it was, it was pretty damn quick. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, but that's what makes a great marketer and that you are. Oh, geez. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's debatable. the incentives in student housing, be it a gift card, that's the type of thing that we're talking about, you know, giving away gift cards, giving away or giving away cruises from our sponsor. Oh, way to work that in. Yeah, well done. Exactly. Well, I mean, that was at the beginning. But yeah, I mean, that look, AIM Cruises has been able to, to establish an entire, an entire business, business around the fact that the we fact do this. That yes, we do this. And, and student housing is a big, big client for them. So and it is one of those things that just, uh, you know, hearing you and Ron speak about this kind of. Sucks all the hope out of you that it's ever going to go away. <laughs> no, that's such an awful thing to say. I feel like that was the exact opposite of what of what was meant to be accomplished well, in this. It's a good it's a good first step in accomplishing it. So I feel like the whole first part of what we're talking about really makes it adequately clear between the two of us and backed up by a company that's doing it well that in a great number of markets you can actually escape this infinite incentive war by properly executing a well laid out business plan where you run your property well you have a you know very well trained staff or team and you know a great looking property that's well maintained that by properly managing your product and services, aka all the things I just said, then you can exit this war. You can escape it. And, you know, we do talk about the fact as to whether or not this is something that can be done in every single market. I'm not going to answer that question because that does come later and we do discuss that. But I think there's a huge amount of hope in that, that there are ways to stop spending money on these incentives if, if you do this other portion correctly. And, you know, they Cardinal and Ryan specifically speaks to the fact that they have managed to escape this, this war, this battlefield in multiple markets, but it does take a lot of efforts. Well, I want to come back in in the, in the outro and talk a little bit more about what I said of, you know, why I feel like I I just want to have why you're a negative Nancy and you want to focus on the pessimistic portion of your mind. There's, that that you guys don't discuss on what you know the objective of many of the investors and ownership groups have that will always be something that we're contending with that will never make you know this turn into a utopia where we don't have to do incentives anymore and so we'll get to that in the outro but first of all let's really quick cue up who the guest is this week so is Ryan we've already, we've already talked about it. <laughs> yes no one knows <laughs> that's actually that's a that's a valid point so it is Ryan Sunlane who is with Cardinal Group and he was incredibly gracious to spare some time to to meet up with me and I was incredibly grateful for it I think that he brought 
you know, a great, I really was just like, Hey, can you talk about this with me? You know, you guys have, or you specifically, you have experience from the management ownership and, you know, perspective, the new development lease up all of the different perspectives that I need. And that's, I want somebody to have this conversation with me that can see it from all of those sides and speak to it from all of those sides. And he did. I like him so, so much just on a personal level. And, and he's smart and he knows what the hell he's talking about. And I respect it so much and obviously respect what Cardinal does so much. So, uh, was enormously grateful for him to take that time. And, um, I really enjoyed my time with him a lot. Well, great. I I loved hearing his insight as well. So let's go ahead and push play. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Student Housing Insight. I am your host today, Greta Dare, and today is the final installment of our leasing and marketing series. We are finishing up today talking about incentives and the infinite wars. I have joining me today, Ryan Sudling with Cardinal Group. Ryan, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am overjoyed to have you, sir. (laughs) Uh, excited to be here. I am. I'm ridiculously excited to to have you here for a couple of reasons. One, you know that I love Cardinal Group, obviously, but then additionally, because you guys bring a bunch of different perspectives to the podcast, to the subject matter. We talked about that earlier. One of those is from the perspective of an owner, but also from a third party management group. And so I wanted to have that perspective specifically for this subject, because I think that it's necessary and it's important. So So I am incredibly grateful that you took the time. I think that it's valuable for everybody here. And I think that the subject matter is a very, very important one for us to discuss and end this series on. So with all of that, we shall get started. So first up, I wanted to talk about really these incentive markets and how do we avoid getting here? So when we're talking about incentive markets, the really highly competitive markets, we all know that they exist. We are all in them, the incentive wars. When we're talking about that, we're talking about these gift cards, the giveaways and how one competitor gives something away. The next one gives away something bigger. And we've all had to be a part of it. It's we all kind of hate it. We all give into it. But I don't think and we've kind of discussed this previously. I don't think that it's always absolutely necessary. So, Ryan, agree or disagree? And if so, please tell me why. (laughs) Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's it's not. Yeah, we're on the same page. (laughs) Not always necessary. And it's there. I think there's a lot of things that we can do to make sure that we don't get into it. The first is the is basic blocking and tackling, I think, of operations and, and making sure that we are doing the basics well. And that, you know, includes excellent customer service going above and beyond for the residents. You know, if you look at surveys of communities and why people aren't renewing or why they're not living there is because of poor customer service and, uh, a bad taste in their mouth. So you're moving somewhere else. doesn't matter what type of gift card we give them. They're, they're moving on. And, and additionally to that, um, and, and of course, customer service plays into this, but building a brand that, that really resonates with the student population and, and stands for more than just four walls and a bed. 
I think are two ways to to combat that, but uh, are probably easier said than than done as well. So I, it's funny because I completely agree with this. And Eli and I, last year, I it might have actually been about this time, we had done another podcast and I had called it Operational Marketing. And I had specifically brought this this exact subject up. And it's funny because it kind of sounds like this is the, the point that you're making right now. I called it Operational Marketing and Wes was like, I, you know, what are you talking about when you say that? And I mean, that's what I said. I said, I'm talking about product and services. And it sounds like that's literally what you're saying right now is that with and basically what I was saying is that your operations, if your product and services are strong enough, if they are sound enough, then these additional this money, this throwing money at leasing, throwing money at marketing in most markets and some markets, depending on the situation it stops being necessary. And I think that for people that listen to this on a regular basis, you already know that this is my point. And I, I did speak about it specifically in regards to that, but it sounds like you're you're kind of saying that same thing that we're on the same page with that. Yeah, if you do the basics well, then you don't have to lean on that crutch or you know press that emergency button where really the first tendency is let's throw a gift card at the problem when you're not fixing sort of the underlying issue. Um, and if you don't fix that issue, you're going to continue to have, you know, those those problems in that gift card war over and over and over again. And they're going to increase as well. I actually love that you just said that because that's a point that I haven't talked about before. And I haven't thought about it that way before is throwing a gift card at that problem and not fixing the underlying problem. Because what if instead of taking all of the the gift card money or the giveaway money, and we all know that that can add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars very, very quickly. And looking at it and saying, okay, if we're just examining our product and services, and by product and services, just to, for anyone who's not, you know, completely clear on what that is, it's, it is the property. It's what are the interiors of the apartments look like? What do your amenities look like? How well is your staff trained? Is, you know, your onsite team members, your maintenance team, your shuttle driver, how great does everything look? Look, is your property, according to the market, is it great enough for what it is that you're asking from the market? And if it isn't, instead of taking that amount, can you take that gift card and instead of throwing it at the market and asking for their business, can you take it and put it back into your product? Or maybe in order for you to be able to do that, you need those you need those students to come in so that you can reach that occupancy goal. And I understand that. So you need to be able to reach that occupancy so that you can have that those funds for next year. So maybe finding a level compromise and saying, okay, instead of you know a five hundred dollar gift card, we're going to take it down to three fifty, and that's going to save us that hundred and fifty dollars per person. That's you know fifty additional leases that we can get and reserve those funds and say now we're going to have that additional money to be able to put back into our team, back into our property to improve that product, improve the product and service so that we don't have to spend this money next year and to really look at it from an overall perspective so that we don't have to continue this war. And I think I think that that's a great way of looking at it. I think that's essentially what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if you've got uh, uh, cars whose engine is, you know, puttering and, and breaking down, you're not going to give yourself a new paint job to make you feel good about your car. You need, you need to fix the engine in order for the machine to keep working and, and work how it's supposed to. And I think it's probably a bad analogy, but it's the same thing with student housing. If, if you've got, I don't know, people are complaining about 
the pool always turning green, there's probably an underlying issue there that you need to fix to make that resident base happy, who's more likely to then renew, which gives you more leases um, from renewals that you're not going to have to spend those gift cards on. And then you've got more people that are going to spread um, positive sentiment through their, their friend base and have positive word of mouth for the community. And you're going to attract more outside leases that, again, you don't need to lure them in with gift cards because you're offering, again, to your point, better product and services. Or along the same lines with your car, maybe it's that your car has a really junky paint job on the outside and it's sputtering and it's leaking oil out on the sidewalk. But you placed an ad in, you placed a bunch of ads and you keep going back and you're like, why isn't this car selling? Why isn't it selling? Put more ads out, put them out, spend more money on advertising. You got a billboard out there with this car plastered on the front. It's a junky looking car. Nobody wants to come look at the car. You've got very little people coming to look at the car. And when they do get there, they're not impressed with the car. They don't want to test drive it. They don't like it at all. It's because the car isn't very good. Nobody (laughs) likes the car. Stop spending money on marketing. Exactly. And All right. is, you're the host. You just crushed the analogy. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. Hey, I didn't come up with the analogy. I'm just saying, like, you planted the seed, man. I needed <laughs> you to come up with a car, and then I could just, like, polish that a little bit. So, <laughs> so I think that that's really, I, it's, I think that you have had a lot of success with this for the most part of in a lot of markets where you've been able to, to go in and really properly train a lot of teams and get a lot of buy-in from them. I think that that's something you guys are really great at and really bring a lot of properties up to that level to be able to sell that value properly to the market and see that success. So this is coming from a level of experience that you're saying this to you. Now, this isn't true across all markets, so don't worry. We will get to that in a minute. We're not saying every single or I'm not saying I'm not saying that in every single market you can come in, you can build a great property, train a great team, and you will never have to give away anything ever again 100%. Ryan may not agree, but I'm not saying that right now. (laughs) However, you have had success in doing this in markets, correct? With, With the training of the teams and the beautifying of the product and really really having incredible product and services and being able to bring yourself out of this incentive game for the most part, market dependent, correct? Yeah, I think we have a lot of tools in place at Cardinal Group that that really help with that. You mentioned training, you know, we've got a ton and ton of training and and a very robust training platform. Um, And I know you've talked about Cardinal's culture in the past, which is another tool that really gets the teams bought in and energized about who they're working for and or, or absolutely with, okay? and um, that that really gives them sort of the the want to and, and sort of a, an extra gear when they're on site to to making things happening and, and doing the basics correctly. I absolutely agree with that. It's funny. I was just speaking to a friend of mine earlier and he was talking about the company that he works for and these things that the company does and they're taking the company's taking a trip in February. And I, you know, I was telling him, I was like, these are the things that and I, I thought about you, obviously, because we were I knew that we were going to be speaking. But I told him, I was like, the people don't realize these types of things are what make people want to stay. These types of things are what on those days when you don't want to work that hard, because we all have 
have those days and that is okay. But on those days when you don't want to work that hard, you push a little bit harder because you love the people that you work for, you work with the company and the vision that they're putting out there. And you do, you guys, you bring that out of people because you work so hard for it. And it's something that I have always admired. And I think a lot of people admire your guys' company for. So that was a phone that happened. That was. I hope you can edit that part out. <laughs> you didn't even turn off your ring. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm that guy. I know. Oh <laughs> you could put that on like a shame reel or something. Uh, that is bad. So yeah, I think that I do feel like the culture plays a huge part in that. I think that it motivates people to bring their best every single day or the best that they can bring that day, because I think that everybody's best changes every single day. So um, I think that that plays a huge key role in the success of those properties. And all of that comes into product and service. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that. I cannot stress it enough. I don't think I've ever been able to stress it enough. And so this is, again, me attempting to stress it enough. So, <laughs> so with that being said, I think that that's the overall point of this first part is if you are attempting to in a market to come out of it, or if you're taking over a property and you want to attempt to come out, or if you currently have a property and you want to kind of work your way out of it, then take a, a look at your property and your team and evaluate and maybe, you know, your overall organization and just make that decision. Is the team trained enough? Are the tools in place to be able to evaluate the team? Or is there ways to shop them, nicely shop them, <laughs> and to evaluate them and make sure that they have that training? Are the training ways in place? Are they supported? Is the culture in place? Are of those, those things there? And is the property clean? Does it look like it's falling apart in any capacity? How is the landscaping? How are the uniforms? How, how does everything actually look? And compare Compare yourself to hospitality. That's always the best example that I can give. Are you a Motel 6, a Motel 8? Are you a Hampton Inn? Are you a Courtyard? Which hotel do you fit into? And really be honest with yourself and figure out how your staffing works within that. And then go from there and take yourself to the next level. That's how you get there. And then work your incentives along with it. And you can get to the next level quite easily, but you have to be honest with yourself in order to do that. Yeah. And I, I, I think you need to, you've got to ask your residents too. It's not about just what you think. You've got to really listen to them and, and hear what they have to say. And truly. Absolutely. I actually, I'm glad that you said that. I, I apologize for not even bringing that up and for interrupting you. It cuts, cuts you out when I interrupt. Um, so I apologize for that. <laughs> And my phone just vibrated. So you're not the only one. Yeah. But <laughs> listening to that feedback and really actually hearing it, not being offended, but hearing it so that you can actually properly assess your product and provide your customers with the product and service that they need because you need that. That's that's why you're there. So with that being said, the, the second part is there are always going to be markets where we may not be able to fully pull ourselves away from this. There are markets that I can, off the top of my head, um, 
the one that I consider to be one of the most difficult um, or the ones that I consider to be most difficult are Tuscaloosa, Tallahassee, uh, Lexington for its own reasons, um, College Station. And there's a lot more Fayetteville is very competitive. There are certain markets where it may not always be completely possible to 100 percent despite your best efforts. And you should always be making your best effort to have the top quality product and service despite where you fall on the product insert or the product at least range despite where you fall on that you may not be able to completely pull out of the incentive war game and that's that is the opinion that i hold and that is coming from the years that i spent in each one of these markets and analyzing these markets and seeing how they function and that's before i go further into that ryan agree or disagree i think i somewhat agree i and maybe I'm just an optimist that that I think if we really do go above and beyond and really, really nail the product, the services, the brand, that we can create something that, that people want to live at despite other communities offering these amazing incentives. But I, I don't actually have any uh, a proof, I guess, or or... Um, a community that's been able to pull away completely um, from them yet. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong and you're correct. You know, you're, you're definitely, I think on the right track where there's ways to pull out of it and offer fewer or less high incentives and start start to pull back from it a little bit. Um, But you still may need to, to feed, feed those incentive orbs a little bit because if you're, if you've got nothing um, and you haven't truly created something above and beyond, then um, you're going to have to offer something to compete with you with what everybody else is doing. So it's good that you anticipated because I flat out would have made you give me an example if you were going to say that. Uh, but actually, you know, now that I think about it, I do think here's the one instance where I think that it would be possible. And so I don't necessarily think that it's completely just an, an optimistic utopian world where this could happen. Uh, but I do think that it is it's something that we will not see very often until we see somebody do this exact thing that I am about to name correctly. And it would be smaller, probably two to three hundred bed boutique properties done incredibly well. I think that 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 actually went in, did the proper market analysis, understood their market, catered to their market, had a beautiful property that was incredibly well done with a product that was very well executed in any market, I think could do incredibly well and they wouldn't have to participate in the the incentive wars. And therefore, I would agree with you. And you just said something that's going to be very, very hard to do, though, as well. It's. I, I agree with you. I think that now that you say that, that is probably the one one case that would, would get you there. And it's, it would definitely be very difficult. I think you've got to be firing on all cylinders and have no misses to make it happen. But that's the thing is that I think that the majority of the properties that are that are being built and that go into these markets and really the majority, honestly, I'm not even going to say because I was about to base it off of size. The majority of properties that go in are generally, you know, five to on average five to seven hundred beds. Um, in a lot of cases, they're larger than that. But even more importantly than that, regardless of size, more importantly than that, when they go in and they're built, 
they aren't built for a niche. They're built with an idea of an every student. And they're built with a market rent for an every student. And I think that if you're going to build a property that is within a certain size, well, you know, it, it doesn't even matter because that's not even what this one is about. However, <laughs> I think that that's really the only way that it could that it could probably that it could properly be done. Um, and I think that I've I've made this point about a billion different times that I think that the proper way to go into a market is through proper market analysis, figure out the actual students that you're going after and then cater your product to that student body. And then you can get around all of the issues that we consistently talk about on this podcast. Um, and I would love to see somebody do that. God, I would love to see it. I would love to walk into that property. There are properties that come close and I love when I see them. However, it has been not been done correctly yet. 100%. But so since we know that this magical fairy property has not existed yet that either of us know about, but we do agree that that is the only way that in the Tuscaloosas, the Tallahassees, that these major competitive markets where properties will never cease to stop being built or in the at least as far as we can tell. And we have both operated in the next question for the people who are listening is how do we succeed in them and how do we still get successful in them without breaking the, the bank in these wars? And I know what I've done in the past that has worked for me. And so those are some of the things that I want to be able to bring to everybody here. Is there anything that, you know, before I start naming those things off, is there anything that you know right off the bat that you want to be able to talk about? Or anything actually that you would love to be able to do? And maybe they're one of the things that that I can tell you, yes, I've actually done that. I've been highly successful at it. I know that it works. Do that. Try that, please. Yeah, I think outside of building an epic brand, if you were strictly just looking at sort of... We already covered that. You can't make that point again. You're right. Um, (laughs) Since we've covered that, I think one is to come out strong with whatever we're going to do is going to be the the absolute best offer, best price, best incentive that we're going to have all year. And make sure that we stick to our word with whatever that's going to be because... We do back down from it. And then we we do what we just did with training students to wait for gift cards is we uh, we say it's going to be the best deal of the year and then it's not. And now they know not to trust us again when we say it's going to be the best deal of the year um, and they'll continue to wait. So I think coming out strong uh, with whatever the absolute best offer is going to be and sticking to our guns throughout the year. Yes. So. This is so what I wrote down. So I have my things that I wrote down. And so what I had was the highest and the lowest. And so the conversation that I've had either with regardless of the people around me, be it my third party owners, my my CFO, my whomever it was that I was going to be having sitting down and having this conversation with at the time, my clients, whomever it was you need to stop and you need to think about a couple of things first off the student body the we have a limited we have a time limit imagine a ticking time clock that's going off behind us tick 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 this is happening there is a bucket of students and there are only so many of the student the total student body that are even going to lease from us and here are all the reasons why 
there are only so many that can afford us. There are only so many that are going to move over here. There are only so many that are not graduating. Here are all of the reasons, right? You have all this data. Here are all the reasons that this is our only group. Here's our bucket. We have to come in with the biggest scoop possible as quickly as possible to get the biggest scoop because what's going to happen is right behind us your competitor as soon as they see the size of your scooper they're going to come in and scoop out as much as possible with a bigger scooper could you reveal the size of your scooper (laughs) so (laughs) so what you have to do is you have to stop and ask yourself worst case scenario If we get, so say that it's an early market. So another thing that I always had was, it's funny because in my office, I always had all of the, these graphs all over, you know, my entire office of market trends and all of this. So it's, you know, was it an early market? Was it a late market? Was it a, you know, a a standard market? And it's what are our leasing months? And, you know, so here are the months that we have. So if we only have until this time, worst case scenario, if we don't, so if it's an early market or a standard market, right? If we don't make it to 23% by the end of the fall semester, say we're only at 5%, what are you going to throw at that market to try to save us before the students get back or before they actually go home for the holidays? What are you willing to do? Or say worse than that, we get to March, and we're at 34%. What are you going to do then? What is your scariest moment willing to offer this student body? Because that's what you need to ask yourself. Now, what can we afford? And now we need to sit down and that's what we need to offer for a certain period of time. Is it $500? Is it 750 Is it 1000 These are the real questions because in markets like Tuscaloosa, Tallahassee, there's other markets that are like that. This is the real effing deal. These are the amounts that you need to be willing to give out because the rest of the market is going to and you don't want to be caught with your pants down in March at 34% because you will end the market no higher than 50% if you're lucky and it sucks. So you start the market off strong. You start with the highest you're willing to go, worst case scenario, and with the lowest rent you're willing to go, and you set a hard deadline. Drop dead, no matter what, we do not cross this point because we're giving away a lot. We are not going past this. You tell your team and you tell your entire residents, their parents, you tell them via text, email, phone calls a million times over. This is the biggest deal. We're only giving away 30 of these or 15 of these or whatever it is because we can only afford this much because, oh my God, I can't believe we trusted this girl to do this offer. This is insanity. So we're only giving away $15,000 and this rent. And then when that deadline breaks and now the next day you're only giving away $500 and now now you have to tell all of your residents, hey, sorry, that one's gone. And also rent went up. They learn. And I have done this with experience. We had residents come back and they're like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for the next offer because we know it's going to get bigger. No, no, we promise. It's really not. It's not going to go higher than this. Do you remember last year when we gave away the $1,000 gift card? We're giving away right now. It's not going to go higher. Than, it doesn't get higher than this. That's what happens. So that's what we did. And then it dropped down. You better believe the next time everybody scrambled to sign. This was not an issue for us. We didn't run into that and we did not deviate from those deadlines. 
but you have to absolutely come in. But you can't just come in and say, okay, it's everybody gets a $1,000 gift card or everybody gets a $500 gift card until, you know, December 30th. No, because you may get like, you know, 50 renewals and that's a lot of damn money. We don't have that kind of money. You need to figure out how much you can afford and maybe you can only give away 15 of those. That's fine. Set that limit, know how much you can spend, but then get it out there and meet that deadline. And that's fine, but you have to set that limit and you have to come out the gate with how much you're willing to give away worst case scenario. It's fine. If it's only five, then it's only five, but you have to be willing to do that. So that was a lot of words that I just said. So that's it. And then the next one after that, and Ryan actually, was there one more because I just said a lot. Was there anything else? No, Cause I, I got one more. I think, I think you hit it on the head. You're, you're doing exactly what, happened with the gift card wars in the first place is we train them to wait. Now you need yeah. to do the same thing and train them to sign early. And I'm not a, a parent yet, but I assume it's like parenting when you've got a kid sitting at the dinner table and they don't want to eat their dinner. They know that they can wait and wait and wait you out and then they'll get dessert. If, if you've trained them that way, that way, they'll wait for dessert and not eat their dinner, but you need to retrain them to you're not going to get your dessert if you don't eat your dinner. There's my bad analogy again. <laughs> We're just going to fill this entire episode with analogies. That's what this one's filled with. That's We'll rename it Analogies by Greta and Ryan. <laughs> what, what's the other one that you've got? Well, so no, it's it's actually, it's true because when I came into that, because when I first experienced this from a, a, a director position, I was in charge of leasing and it pissed me off because it was, you know, we're giving this stuff away and it's like, I don't want to get to this point again. I really don't. Like, let's not do this again. Let's be smart about this. And that's why we did it that following year. It's let's figure out the smartest way to go into this. And it was... It was, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> so the next one was, and this one, again, it was born out of a really annoying situation. It's, oh, I get frustrated just thinking about it because it's, it's the same thing. And it was a Tuscaloosa market because the Tuscaloosa market is what it is. Uh, I just cracked my fingers just thinking about it. And it was, you know, you get desperate and things get rough and it's so difficult. And, you know, this is a lot of the markets that we're in. Rates start to drop. Why? Because we have occupancy standards that we have to meet and they should have been low in the very beginning, but they weren't. And here we are at the end of the year and we're dropping friggin' rates and that's what we're doing now. And so now what happens when we're going into the renewal season and we're starting off the fall season and now we're going in with this whole highest and lowest and you know, here we are and we're like, no, this is the lowest rent. Nobody believes you. You know why? Because you broke the trust last year because last year you ended the season with your $1,000 gift card and rates that were somehow, you started off at 500 and by the end of the year, they were $300 a bed for your four bedrooms. Cool, if you think anybody's gonna believe your highest and lowest or you know biggest and best offer at the beginning of the year, now they're not going to. So this is how you have to do it. One, they have to see that your rents are going up with all of those, if you're doing tiers or you're doing deadlines, however it is you're doing it, we always did tiers. Uh, big fan of the tier system. But then two, obviously showing them and sticking to your guns when it comes to those deadlines, whatever deadline it is that you're meeting with those gift cards or giveaways, whatever it is. But then what we ended up doing in that market to actually rebuild that trust was we offered a best rate guarantee. And that was the only way 
we got to make that happen. And we, for the very first time at this particular property, this one got above 90% because, and it was the highest renewal season they had seen in years because of this fact. Because you have to remember, especially for properties, maybe they've been around for, I mean, if you have a property that's been around for four plus years, especially if it's a property that you've recently taken over, it's there's a level of mistrust if you and right i don't know i mean i feel like you've had to have seen this before because you guys end up taking over management at properties there's there's going to be between the the original lease up and the following year and trying you 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 end up offering so many different things depending on what stage you're at in the lease up that the entire student body doesn't believe you and my experience with that was by just being able to say you sign your lease and you set a deadline for that too we told people when we came out of the the gates and we said sign your lease by this date and we set a deadline for that sign your lease by this date and we'll offer you a best rate guarantee it wasn't sign your renew or renew your lease renew your lease by this date and we'll offer you a best rate guarantee it wasn't something we were offering throughout the entire renewal season it was you had to renew early so if we came out with our renewal rates on october 1st random date for you but if that was our renewal date then you had to renew your lease by october 15th or october 25th and you got the biggest and best but you also got a best rate guarantee so if you were signing your rate at 345 and we ended up dropping the rates again to $300. Guess what? They were going to get $300. But the other thing to remember there is is that you don't have generally a ton of people that are going to be unless you're a super early market like Purdue's market and the University of Michigan. There are some markets that are super early, but you're not going to have a ton of people that are going to be signing those right up front. But it does create that sense of trust. And then when you have those people come back later and say, oh, I'm going to wait for those rates to drop, that's another tool that your leasing team has in their back pocket to say, we did biggest and best. We have deadlines. You can see that the rates are increasing. You can see that the gift cards are going down or the offers are going down. We're not joking about this. And we also already had the best rate guarantee. That deadline already passed. You have all of this proof that you're really doing this now, that this is true. This is really what's happening. 100% agree. Amazing strategy. A hard one to sell sometimes, but I think I, I agree. You build that trust and then you build on it in subsequent years and then it becomes easier the second, third, fourth year because absolutely turn the whole process on its head. See, we just got on here so that we could agree on everything. It was perfect. <laughs> I've had a lot of success with it. It's, you know, across the board and you're right. It isn't always an easy sell, but the reality is, is that once everybody gets on board and it's, it's. It's really it never ends up costing you as much as you think that it is, because once those numbers start to show up, it's such a relief. It feels so damn good. I can't even tell you because it always ends up working and it feels so much better than the friggin panic and giving everything away later down the road because panic giving things away sucks for everybody. (laughs) It's like the shittiest feeling in the world. It really is. A hundred percent. So. All right. Anything else, Ryan? Is there anything else to add? Because now I'm getting tired of hearing myself talk and no one else is though. You you're <laughs> or usual. No, I, I think we did a good job covering, you know, some tools and, and strategies and 
hopefully as an industry, we can come together and, and reverse what we've built, uh, which is the, the gift card infinity war or whatever we're calling it on today. <laughs> The the incentive infinite wars. I know, right? I literally there was a time I don't remember. I think it was like five years ago. I was like, can I just call everyone? Can we just can we just call a conference? I think I've said this before too. I was like, can we all just agree to stop doing this, please? Like, if we all agree, then right. it, we could just stop. This right. is insane, and everybody can just go live where they want to live because the property's good, and we can all just compete based off of whose property is actually the most well cared for, and right. you know whose pro like who takes care of the residents the best, and maybe who has the best ad placement instead of who's giving away the most stuff. Can we quit? Preach. Uh, Xboxes and fire TVs and everything else under the sun. Like, what is this madness? Crazy. You know, I say that, but, you know, my first laptop, I totally got because an apartment community, I got it 100%. I, st I actually, re you know, put in a new hard drive and gave it to my cousin last year. So wow. it's still going strong, too. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So with all of that being said, thank you so much. Hopefully that helped to some degree. Uh, honestly, my hope every single time I do one of these is that, well, for two things. One, that as you're listening, it gives you your own ideas that it just does that thing where as somebody's starting to talk, your brain starts to do that thing where you start to come up with your own ideas in your mind. Um, two, if you just rip it directly off, that's 100% what I'm here for. But three, also, if these are points that you've been trying to make on your own and, you you know, you just needed somebody to confirm or reaffirm your thought process for whatever my viewpoint is worth. Hopefully this served that purpose for you. But otherwise, this was the end of the Leasing and Marketing series. Hopefully it has been helpful to anybody and everybody. And thank you again, Ryan, so, so much for taking the time out today. We went over by five minutes, but I appreciate you, sir. Absolutely. It was it was fantastic to do with you. I appreciate you. All right. Well, uh, with that, goodbye, everybody. All right. So that was Ryan. And all our analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I said in the intro, here's here's why I feel like that that perfect utopia will never be a reality. There's always going to be a property that even if everything, even if there's not, you know, an inventory issue, an overbuilt issue in a market, which spurs a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> and every property always leases to 95% or better. Someone's going to have to sell a property at some point in time. It's not like people are holding on to these for, you know, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I think this long as that that is happening there's always this this urgency for you know a, a property to to hurry up and be the first one to cross the lawn because you know as far as the, the leasing cycle is concerned because if they don't get there it's, it could potentially end up keeping them from selling the property 
Well, that's, I mean, or whatever the situation may be. Well, that's valid. And I think that the point is, is that there's always what we're saying is that it's entirely possible that there may be, say that you're in a market and exactly as you just presented, there's five properties. They all lease up well. It's not overbuilt. It's not anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of those properties up for sale. And so that particular property wants to get there the fastest. They, you know, need to lease the quickest. And so they put an incentive out to come out with the biggest scoop, Mm -hmm. scoop it up the biggest great. That doesn't mean anybody else has to participate. Nobody else has to panic. You don't have to because they're not taking students away. There's still the same number of students in the market. It's not like they're suddenly making less students exist in the market by taking students faster. Yeah, if everything's stable. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's you're, It's only a war if people participate. You can sit there and battle yourself all day long. Yeah. Battle, battle all by yourself. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. It's fun. But you know what I mean? If nobody's participating, you, you've got yourself a one-party purchase over yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so, you know, I, I do have experience being that, you know, chief of tribes or whatever you want to call it, of bringing everybody together to say, hey, this is this is what's happening in the market. Let's look at it year over year over year over the past three to five years. And let's not kid ourselves. There's no reason that someone needs to get across the road uh, quickly. You know, we can all come out of this thing at the end of the month or at the end of the leasing season in a position that makes us better and we don't have and we're able to start increasing our rents versus reducing what type of you know incentive that we're doing and in that particular market it was i would consider it a, a tier one i mean it's not like a you know a florida or university of alabama but <clears throat> it's twenty thousand you know, plus enrollment school. That's not bad, yeah. Every national player is there. Also, every non-national player was there as well. Uh, so a lot of a lot of local investors that had deals, um, uh, they were using management companies that were, you know, their, their own in-house management company or, you know, local conventional apartment property manager that decided to take on the student housing deal. And those were the ones that really scared me because when I, I we literally, I, I brought, I invited all these people together. Um, I'd met with the area managers and folks from, you know, ACC and place, well, place properties back then, but peak now and said, look, let's, let's show all of this data. And we put all that data together. We set it in front of everybody and we said, look, there's no reason for us to be given $500 gift cards away. No reason. We're all gonna lease up to the to the mid-90s. There's always one property that ends up slipping up and every year it ends up kind of going around from, from property to property on which one doesn't end up being above 90%. But we've got to stop giving this stuff away. Like the students are here, it's going to happen. It was those, I hate to call it, you know, less sophisticated or mom and pop shops, but those were the the property managers that responded with, yeah, but you haven't been one of those properties that ended up at 85% yet. I'm like, I get that, but just because you experience that that once, 
you got to look at why you experienced it at that particular time. There was a new property that was built that year, you know, right beside of you. So that, you know, there was, there was overstock at that, at that point in time. That doesn't exist today. And it just, it, there was a lot of fear. And I know this audience is primarily property managers, site level managers. And what, what I want to impress upon, upon you is to, when you're having those conversations, if you're in that situation within your market and you're having those conversations with your ownership and investment group, who are saying, look, we can't, you know, we can't let what happened last year or two years happen again. Let's make sure that we're, you know, giving away whatever we need to give away. It really stands your ground. You know, if, if you know that, that, that all the metrics are there to be leased up, the property just needs to, to perform the way it's supposed to perform from an operation standpoint. You've got to get you've got to get them to cool their heels on this stuff because it is it is maddening what it ends up doing. And you know, on the other side of that, I, there's also a lot of folks who have experienced that and saw that you know a five hundred dollar gift card, a thousand dollar gift card worked, you know, as a leasing agent or a leasing manager, and that seems to be the only ideas they come up with when an ownership group asks, okay, leasing's behind, what do we need to do to juice it? That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, what do we need to give away? You know, it, it's, it's an opportunity to look kind of inside and say, okay, where are we missing things at? Not just on, you know, how many weekly events are we doing and that kind of thing, but, you know, be self-aware enough of what the perception is of your property and why people aren't, you know, attracted to you. It's really, it's a multifaceted question. And I think that it's, you do, you have to be self-aware. You have to be willing to listen. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, you do have people push back and say, well, you know, the answer to all of the, the, the problems isn't just lower rents and bigger incentives. And it's like, it might be in this particular instance if your property is perceived in the market with a bad, you know, a bad reputation. If you know the product isn't that great, and you know overall it's not doing well, then yeah, you're going to have to lower the rents and you're going to have to give away an incentive, especially if the rest of the market is. This year, that's what you're going to have to do because that's the way it's being perceived in the market, and it's just that simple. And you're going to just like what I was talking about earlier, you're going to have to dump some of that money back in to get your team back up, to get your property back up, to change your perception in the market before you get there. That is a part of one of the things that you're going to have to do. But you can't look at it as, oh, we're just throwing money at the problem. No, you're investing in the problem, even if part of that investment is, in fact, actually, let me back up. Investing in part of the problem is taking some of that money and putting it into the property and putting it into your team. And honestly, do you know what you're doing by having to lower rents and pay those $500 or $1,000 gift card or incentive? Do you know what you're doing at that point? You're paying for your problem. You're paying for allowing this to happen in the first place. That's what you're doing because you let your property go downhill. You have poorly or mismanaged team members, unfortunately, at least, you know, on to some degree. And these are things that happen to all of us. This isn't a place to judgment. We've all had those properties. We all have them right now. We've all been there. 
But when you're in that situation, you're paying for your problem and then you need to invest money back into your property. And it's a reality and we've all been there. So suck it up and that's what we got to do. And then don't do it again next year. And it's okay. Just take care of it now and don't do it again next year. Well, I think we've, uh, I think we've probably beaten the subject to death. Oh my gosh. But seriously. Or <laughs> Part two, I'm sure, is going to be coming at some point in time. Oh, man. <laughs> if I never have to listen to myself talk this much again. <laughs> well, Greta, I never get tired of listening to your voice. And oh. Based on the downloads, uh, I, I don't think the rest of the audience gets tired of listening to your voice. So. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Don't say, cause I feel like people are going to think that I buy into this or have like some kind of an ego if you make a statement like that. Just that everybody knows that is not the case. I do not buy into this. I don't have an it's, ego. It's completely the case. Shut up. Don't say that. That's She's. That's why she came by the studio. She, she needed to have. She needed to have some uh, self-confidence. Yeah, I wanted to drive all the way down here <laughs> so badly because I love making this drive so much. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, again, uh, let me just do another plug here really quick for AIM incentives. AIM yes. Cruises. AIM know, cruise lines. What's really cool, and we just had this situation at um, a property that I do asset management for where we said we, we've had good traffic throughout the whole year and, um, and have been doing really well. And then recently, after the spring semester started, it just kind of fell off and we've actually lowered the we were doing a, a gift card tier and we've got down to that hundred dollar level right and we said everybody else is bumped up there's somebody doing a five hundred dollar gift card in that market now and we were like okay we're not going to go up um good hey here's an option maybe we could do Aim cruise lines. Cruises. <laughs> and, um, and so, and, and you know, you explained this in the in the ad spot, but it's you know somewhere around one hundred and thirty dollars for a cruise. For it's such a good deal. It is a good. Deal. It is. I'm not like, and I wasn't just like I've I've honestly used it before, and it really is. Yeah, and it's you know the perception to to the customers it's like eight hundred twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And of course, the property manager, the kind of the first response was, well, what am I going to do for everybody? I gave a $200 gift card, to, you know, that they're supposed to be getting a $200 gift card in August because they had signed up earlier. I'm like, call them up and ask them if they want to cruise instead of <laughs> 70 bucks. Like, you know, why wouldn't we do that? And so it's kind of a win-win for everybody. So if you're facing that situation where you don't want to have to go back up on what your gift card incentive was maybe that's uh maybe the math works out in that situation that's actually and that's a really good point and if you've already done that particular incentive and so it's always consider what the incentive perception is versus price because a gift card you know its value but what kind of an incentive can you use where the perceived value is and that's always something to take into consideration and with that perception understanding who you're who your core customer and their persona is because mm-hmm. it's about understanding your market, which yeah. I never stress enough. Because what is what is going to be valuable for a engineering student may not be as valuable for 
an art student. What's going to be valuable to an Albuquerque student is not going to be valuable to a Ann Arbor student. This is very true, especially this week. (laughs) Well, guys, um, that pretty much concludes this episode. Um, Stay tuned. We've got a lot of changes coming. We've got some new co-hosts, and I meant to use the plural of that. It's not just a new co-host. We've got four new co-hosts. So many new faces <laughs> or voices. So I'm excited for you to hear about that. We are expanding Student Housing Insight in a lot of different ways. We're expanding the summits that we did. Uh, we did one last year. We're doing four in 2019. So be on the lookout for more information on that. And yeah, this new format with with having these different co-hosts and the, the experiences that they're going to be able to bring and input that they're going to be able to provide for you guys. I think it's going to be really cool. So you get to hear more voices than just ours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to depend on both of us being healthy all the time. <laughs> We're supposed to record Valid okay. or getting enough sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> well guys, take care have a good week and we'll talk soon. Bye.